Acts chapter 20, verse 35. This is our final week. I'm going to wrap up this series today, but I'm going to kind of transition a little bit. I want to ask you today the question before the end of this service, before the end of this message in the next 30 minutes, I need you to be able to answer the question, am I forgiving? Okay? That's what I want you to ask yourself. That's the question that we want to answer before we leave today as a, as a congregation and as individuals. Am I forgiving? Why do we want to answer that question? Acts chapter 20, verse 35 Luke is recording the words of Paul. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And then Paul says, and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now listen, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will not find Jesus as having said this phrase. Okay? But if Paul wrote the rest of the New Testament, then why not give him credit for knowing what Jesus said outside of the revelation of the four Gospels? See, the thing is, is that Paul, as the apostle that he was, did not have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He wasn't reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and say, hey, look, I read in Mark chapter 10, verse 35, whatever it was, that Jesus said, no, what Paul received was a direct revelation from Jesus. Even in his salvation experience, Paul was on the road, right? On the road, on a way to, to continue to persecute and, and be a part of murdering Christians. And the Bible says that Jesus appeared to him and spoke to him. Paul's salvation experience was by a direct visitation of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Paul was on his way to Bithynia, and the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Lord, would not allow him to preach there. The Bible says that Paul had a vision and heard from God in Corinth. And then it is um, recorded in the book of Galatians chapter 1. Paul said, I did not receive the gospel from the words of men. Like nobody preached this message to me. I received from direct revelation of Jesus Christ. So when Paul says, it is more blessed to give than to receive, even though we don't see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, we can take it as the gospel truth that Paul heard from Jesus and made sure to include this in the message of the gospel, that it is truly more blessed to be forgiving than it is to not be. Are you with me? So the question that I need to answer today is, am I forgiving? Ephesians chapter 4, sticking with Paul, verse 1 through 3. Paul said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I call you, I challenge you, I encourage you, to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Verse 2, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. I don't know about you, but I've been a part of a couple of churches kind of struggle with that one. <laughs> like, they don't mind bearing with a couple of people in love, but if you 
bear with the entire congregation. Love only going to last so long. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not here. I'm not talking to you. It's somewhere else at another church. Verse 3, why do you do that? As Paul says that we should be endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, listen, if you have a, a highlighter or a pen or if you're taking notes, write this phrase down or underline it, highlight it, draw a bunch of arrows to it. Make every effort. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Just leave that up there for a minute. Make every effort, endeavoring to keep the unity. Make every effort. That's what that word endeavoring means. It means like the, the gladiators in the Roman Colosseum, okay, were fighting for their lives, it is the same word that is referenced towards the gladiators that would participate in the events of the Roman Colosseum where they were fighting to survive unto death, okay? It is that same word, come on with me, you with me? That is that same word that Paul says that we should strive, endeavor, make every effort to keep the unity in the house of God, to keep the unity of the bond of peace. Like a gladiator in the Roman Colosseum fighting for their lives, we as the believers, as the children of God, should strive, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It's a diligence. Author of The Peacemaker, Dr. Ken San, said, a Christian should agonize for peace. As if you were a gladiator in the tunnel about to face your destiny. You're gonna, when the gate opens up, you're gonna walk out and your destiny is gonna stare you in the face. That is how a Christian, a believer, should agonize for peace in the house of God. Do you understand how important this is? It's bigger than what we've given it credit for formerly. It's bigger than we can accomplish on our own. And that is why Jesus intervenes. Are you with me? You don't have, listen, listen. If that sounds difficult, you're not alone. Unlike the gladiator in the Roman Colosseum, you're not alone. You're not in the battle by yourself. You may feel like you are, but you need to remember the words of David that the battle belongs to the Lord. It's my responsibility to submit to him, but it is his victory to accomplish. Luke chapter 6 verse 35. Jesus is speaking to the crowd and his disciples. He says, "Love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return." Chris, why'd you spend a month on giving? Why you talk about it so much? Because he did. He did not have to include anything about giving our possessions in this phrase. He could have just said, love your enemies, do good, hope for nothing in return. Love your enemies, do good, and hope for nothing in return. He didn't say that, though. He said, love your enemies, do good, and lend. Give up that spirit of possession, that spirit of mammon. Give that up. 
Wherever you need to, whenever you need to. Because people are more important than possession. Come on, help me. You don't get to carry possession into the kingdom. You carry people into the kingdom. It's not possession following you into heaven. It's going to be people following you. Paul said, didn't, Paul didn't say imitate me as I imitate the Romans who have all these possessions. He died to all that stuff, gave it all up. He said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I take up my cross, deny myself, and follow him. And that's how you know that I am a disciple of the same Jesus that pronounced his death and then overcame it without any help from anybody else. That's the Paul that we're talking about that claimed the words of the Jesus that is speaking right now. Lend, hoping for nothing in return. And watch this. Watch, watch, watch. Your reward will be great. In other words, it may stink right now, (laughs) but it's going to be worth it. There is coming a day when you're not going to feel the same. There is coming an hour when you're going to sing a new song. There's coming a moment when you're not going to be held back by what you don't think you have. You're going to be walking in the fullness of His glory and you're going to perceive things in a different way than you have ever perceived them before because your knowing is going to be made full. Hey, listen, I want a little bit of that right now. I don't want to wait till heaven to do what God's called me to. I'm not just looking for the sky, hoping that the clouds are going to part. There is work to be done. There's a kingdom to be built. And Jesus entrusted me with it. I don't know why that happened to me. I wasn't really planning that piece. But hey, your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful. I want to be like Jesus. Do you? He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Now, I've had some people not very thankful in my life. I went ahead and smiled. The spirit of slap was all over me, but I smiled. (laughs) I wanted to lay hands and deliver them of that demon of stupid. Our kids are gone right now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, But listen, unthankful, I can kind of tolerate. Evil, that's tough. Evil comes into my house and I have a hard time being kind. I start looking for Ruger. <laughs> that's not a puppy's name, okay? That's a. <laughs> I didn't call him LC9. That's a, it's, it's not his dog food. Be kind to those who are un for he was kind to those who were unthankful and evil. Watch this, 36. Therefore be merciful, just as your father also is merciful. Oh, we know this one. Verse 37. Judge not, Christian, preacher. That doesn't mean that you get to live however you want to. I just love you too much to let you go to hell. I'm gonna tell you. I'm going to try to do it in love, and I'm going to try to develop a relationship. But I can't just watch you give your life away, give the only opportunity, the only thing that you have to present of any value to Jesus at the end of your days. I can't just watch that and not speak up. And it's very difficult 
Listen, if you're in here today and that offends you, I'm so I'm sorry. Okay? If you're in here today, listen to me, listen to me. If you're in here today and you experience some bad Christianity from what you feel like was a judgmental Christian, please hear my heart. Sometimes we mess this thing up. Sometimes we don't get it right either. We are a church full of imperfect people who say, Jesus, we can't do this on our own. But let your prayer be my prayer. Let me be in you and you be in the Father that I may be made perfect. Can I ask you a question today? If I'm talking to you and you've experienced some judgment from some people that you now have animosity towards, even especially in the house of God, would you just let Jesus forgive that? Would you, listen, this is, this is, this is it. Would you not hold God accountable for fallen man? He's been trying to make this thing right ever since we messed it up. He loves you. As much as those mamas and daddies love those babies, he loves you. I, I love you. My heart hurts when I see somebody drift away or get hurt by the church. I hate it. I hate it. Well, Chris, you're not supposed to hate. Oh, I can hate that. <laughs> Jesus loves you. He said, judge not, you shall not be judged. Condemn not, you shall not be condemned. Notice that he didn't say, speak not, be concerned not, convict not, share your testimony, speak the gospel not. He said, judge not, condemn not. That's not your responsibility, that's his. That's why he's telling us not to do it. But then he says, watch this. Now you know where I'm going. For... Give. Am I for giving? Forgive and you will be forgiven. Verse 38. Give. Give what? Everything that we just talked about. See, a lot of people want to take that scripture and apply it only to money. But then there's another crowd of people that want to take that scripture and leave money out. Possessions, finances, what material. But we just read the context that that piece of scripture is in. And the context is do good, lend, expect nothing in return, be kind to even the unthankful and evil, judge not lest you be judged, condemn not lest you condemn... Forgive and you will be forgiven, then give. Why? All of those things, not just possessions, but not leaving out possessions. Give all of those things and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. Listen, watch, watch, watch. This is what, this is the imagery here, is that you would go into the marketplace with an empty sack, 
okay? And you would go in and you would go to each vendor, but instead of just taking from that vendor, you would give of the things that we just talked about giving. And that vendor would begin to pour what they have into your sack that you're holding in your bosom. Then you would go to another vendor and they would do the same and the same and the same. And every time that that vendor poured something into your sack, they didn't try to make it bigger than it was supposed to be so that your sack would get more full than it's supposed to be, faster than it was supposed to. Every time that they poured like Cheerios into a bucket, they would shake it and then they would take it and push the oxygen out of it so that there was plenty of room for everything that you needed and more. Watch this, watch, listen. And then the next vendor would do the same thing, shake it, press it down, shake it, press it down, and then the final one would take everything that they had, shake it, press it down, and just let it spill over. Why? So that when you walk away from everything that you just gave in good measure, press down, it would begin to run over, and the people that are following you would receive the same thing that you have because of the Spirit that dwells in you and the way that you operate. You don't even have to worry about them doing what you're doing. All you got to do is keep doing the right thing in the right way at the right time. Let Jesus Jesus, give unto you, press that thing down, shake it together, let it run over and say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. What are we talking about? We're talking about being for giving. I told Pastor Weston this and I got I to gotta move, but it's not about the decision. It's about the distance. Watch, in fact, let me just come stand right here. I wasn't there when he gave his life to the Lord, but I've heard the testimony. I've heard the experience. Okay. Richard, stand over here. Now, I, I picked Richard because, well, he was sitting right there. But I'll just be honest. It was, <laughs> and I love him. And he's like my biggest fan. And he's the one that I think about on Sunday afternoons when when I see the faces of those that I know God was talking to, but they chose not to respond that day, I think about Richard. And Richard, for me, represents the kingdom of God. Joy unspeakable and full of glory, okay? Richard represents the inheritance that will be. He represents, watch this, the divine destination, okay? Watch. Pastor Weston represents the decision, Many of our parents made a decision today on behalf of a child. The church, I asked you, many of you have made a decision for Christ in the past. But just as important as the decision and the destination, which I'm looking forward to, is the distance between. This is the life that you're called to give. It's not just about the decision. It's not just about the destination. It's about the distance between the decision and the destination that will determine your destiny. How do I do it? I stay disciplined. Thank you, guys. I stay disciplined. Now, listen, nobody in this room including my wife, has had to forgive me more than my sister. 
My wife and I have lived in the same house for going on nine years. My sister had to live in the same house with me during my worst years. <laughs> 13 of them from age 5 to 18, 19, 20, um, 21, 22. <laughs> it's a process. It's sanctified. It's a process. Kelsey had to forgive me for making a shampoo concoction that looked like strawberries and convincing her to drink it. Don't judge me. I just read that. Kelsey had to forgive me for the time that I convinced her to jump out of the treehouse. Um, I can do it. Watch. <laughs> I, was like, I was five years older than her. <laughs> so at, at nine, not a big deal. You know, 10 feet. Woo! And at uh, four, <laughs> kind of a bigger deal. <laughs> oh, I got in so much trouble for that. Kelsey had to forgive me for the time that I unintentionally hit her in the face with a belt. True story. Now just lay there, still, watch. Whoop-ah, whoop-ah, whoop-ah. No! Whoop-ah. Oh! I'm so sorry. Pillow, hush. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't tell. Don't tell. Please don't tell your daddy. I'm so sorry. It was like the first time I ever held and loved onto my sister. <laughs> but <laughs> you laugh. He laughed, but do we not do the same thing when we hurt somebody? What do we try to do? Do we confess it or do we try to cover it? And then, and then just, do we not do the same thing that she did instead of being willing to be open about it? We're convinced to try to cover it up instead of confessing it and letting it out, letting God deal with it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 and 15. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. If you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. It's a powerful piece. We have to be forgiving, we have to forgive. And if you can't and you're carrying something today that's bigger than you, Jesus forgave it. Let Him do it through you. Verse 19. It's in the same passage. This is why we've been talking about it this way. Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Watch this. He's talking about forgiveness and giving. Verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Pastor John comes back up, listen. I'm asking you today, whether it's for yourself or somebody else, to take what you're holding on to and put it back in the hands of God. Unforgiveness, one pastor said, is like a self-imposed prison 
It's like drinking a poison and hoping that it kills somebody else. My previous pastor said, if you hold a grudge of unforgiveness against another individual, that person is closer to God than you are. If you hold unforgiveness against someone, that person is closer to God than you are because they're between you and the Father. Because remember, I just said, according to scriptures, not Chris, but scripture, that if we don't forgive, then neither does he. But when we allow him to, he does what we can't. Did you hear me? He does what we can't. There's two types of unforgiveness. Condemnation, which is why Jesus said, don't condemn. Condemnation is unforgiveness towards someone else for something that they did. And then there's guilt. It just got real. Guilt is unforgiveness towards yourself for something that for some reason you think is bigger than the cross. And I'm telling you, it's not. If he could look at the Roman soldier who was going to pierce him in his side to make sure that he was dead and he could say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm telling you, the same grace that was made available that day is available to you today. Scriptures quickly, John 13, 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. You're not alone. That you also love one another. By this, all know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. 1 John 1, 19. We love because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 20. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or a sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, they cannot love God whom they have not seen. 2 Corinthians 5, 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if one died for all, then all died. Watch this, listen, listen. For God so loved, that he gave and Jesus so loved that he gave his life as a ransom for many I'm going to close with the story of Jim and Elizabeth Elliot Did you know that there's 2,600 people groups today that have never heard the gospel? That's 2.8 billion people who are yet to hear the gospel. Why do we take a month to emphasize missions? Because there's 2.8 billion people. It would take you 35 years to count to 2.8 billion. There's that many people, individual people, just like you and me all across the world that are yet to hear. 2,600 people groups. Jim and Elizabeth Elliot could not handle those statistics. It was more than they could bear. So they and a team of four other people 
decided to go to the jungles of Ecuador and they were preparing, they were fasting and they were praying. These men took their wives and their families and they moved and they were going to reach the unreachable, the untouched people group called the Aka Indians. The men were going to go before the women and then the women were going to come in and help nurture and train and teach. So Jim and the other four guys that were with him, they left their wives and they went to the outskirts of the camps of the Alka Indians. And the story is, is that Jim and his partners in ministry began to sing hymns and pray and praise God in the edge of the Ecuadorian jungle. And all of a sudden, their praises and their songs and their hymn was interrupted by a war cry. The Alka tribe had been watching them and waiting for their opportunity to attack. And the Alka Indians against five unarmed men slaughtered Jim Elliott and the four guys that were with him, leaving their wives and their families to fend for themselves. Three wives went home. One sister remained. One wife, Elizabeth Elliott, she stayed. Not too long after that, a young woman named Ayuma, whose baby had been taken from her in the tribe, had passed away, committed what would be suicide for her and left the tribe. She stumbled through the jungle to find Elizabeth, the wife of Jim Elliott and the sister of another one of the men who had moved into the jungle into a friendly tribe to try to just get closer to the Alkas who had killed their loved ones, their husband. Ayuma finds this tribe. Elizabeth takes her in and begins to study the language of the Alka Indian tribe. As the months go by, two more women stumble upon this camp and these people who are supposed to be their enemies, but took them in and loved them and served them and trained them and taught them. And eventually, 10 months later, Elizabeth convinced Ayuma and these other two young ladies to go back to the Aka Indians. So they, like going before a king, sacrificed their lives to go back in but these women shared the story of what had happened with these white women in the other Indian tribe, how they'd been accepted, how they'd been taken in and provided and cared for. And within two months, Ayuma and the other two ladies came back and invited Elizabeth Elliot and her sister to the tribe that had murdered savagely her husband. And Elizabeth went. She shared the gospel. In three different books, she gives accounts of what that was like. Her books are Through the Gates of Splendor, The Testimony of Her Husband's Life is Found in Shadow of the Almighty, and some of the journals of her time with the Alkas as a widowed bride can be found in The Savage, My Kingsman. Listen to what Elizabeth said 
And I want to just let it rain in your heart today as we come to a close. Elizabeth wrote in Through the Gates of Splendor, the only way that I could manage is to leave it all in the hands of the one that was wounded for me. The most fearful of dangers is not death, but disobedience. And the only satisfaction that I have is husband was the seed of the gospel for the Aukas. How incredible is that? I don't know what you've been going through. But I'm here to tell you today that holding yourself or somebody else accountable is holding Jesus accountable. And today, He wants to release His forgiveness, the kind of forgiveness that a widowed bride could say, the blood of my husband is the seed of the gospel on you. If you would bow your head and close your eyes with me. you're in here today and you're holding someone accountable or you're holding yourself accountable here's what I want to ask listen listen if you need the forgiveness of God or if you need to offer the forgiveness of God through yourself to ask you to do something almost as radical as what you've been hearing about today. I want to ask you right now, would you just lift your hand if I'm talking to you all over this room? I see you. 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 I need forgiveness or I need to offer forgiveness. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Praise God. I see you. Thank you for being honest. Just be honest. It's okay. Anybody else? I need to ask forgiveness today. I've been carrying guilt. I don't want to carry it anymore. I want to leave it in this sanctuary. I need to offer forgiveness. I need to let Jesus forgive somebody through me. It wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. I need to let him have it. I see you. 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 Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Anyone else? I don't want to leave you out. Not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you do anything that you don't want to. Anybody else? I just want to give time. Hands going up all over the room. In this moment of prayer, listen, if you raised your hand or if you didn't, I'm going to lead you in a prayer today and we're going to settle this thing. I want to give you one more chance. If you want to be counted in that prayer and you want me to know it and you want Jesus to know it, you want hell to know it because they don't know all things. Would you just lift your hand right where you are? If you didn't already raise your hand, I see you, I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. I see you. Thank you. It's not about the decision. It's about the distance between the decision and the destination. It's not what you believe. It's whether he has control of your life. If you will, just pray this prayer with me this morning. Everybody that will. Jesus, today I invite you to take control of my life. Forgive me where I've fallen short. And I try to do my things my way. Help me to forgive others who do the same. I repent of my sin. I'm turning around. I choose to follow you. Take my life. Make it yours. Save me. Change me. Fill my heart with a desire to know you and make you known. In Jesus' name. Listen, would you do me a favor? I want the prayer team to spread out all over the room, kind of like what they already are. I just need a couple to just come up here right in the front. Come on, if you're on the prayer team or you're okay with just come up here or spread out against the wall. We've got just a few minutes left. I want to take advantage of the time that we have. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you received Christ in that prayer, if you called upon the name of the Lord just then, we believe that, that Jesus heard you and he answered your prayer. And we want to know. There's a card called a connect card in front of you that you can reach in and, and you can just write your name. You don't have to write any more information than what you want to, okay? Or as much as you want to. Tell us what happened today. If you prayed a prayer of forgiveness for yourself or somebody else and, you've, and you would be willing to share, this helps us because it spurs us on. Because it's tangible evidence more than just believing for what God's doing in you. It's you confessing and saying, this is what God did in me today. And we read it and we pray for you and we celebrate with you and we keep you in mind and we reach out to you and God's gonna be, use you to build his kingdom just like he's using everybody else. So fill out the card so that we can know. But finally, listen, if you prayed this morning and you're still just maybe not completely settled or you just want to partner with somebody, Pastor John's going to lead us in just one more song. I'm going to ask you, if you don't have to leave, don't. Just stay for just a couple more minutes. But if you would, find one of these men and, and women all around the sanctuary. Listen. Confess one to another. Confess your sin and he is faithful and just to forgive. Maybe during this song, you need to send a text message to somebody. Maybe during this song, you need to go outside and make a phone call. Don't leave here and let the enemy come back in to the same area that God just delivered you of. Settle it. Confess it. Get rid of it. Don't try to carry it. And for God's sake, don't try to cover it. Let him cover it in the blood that justifies every sin. Come on, would you stand with me this morning? 
God, I pray right now that anybody in here that would be willing to just fill out that card and let us know what was going on, just leave it laying on the pew or drop it off up here at the front, drop it off at the Welcome Center on the way out. God, I pray that you would help us to do that. And God, I pray that if there's anybody in here that needs to send a text message or make a phone call, I pray that they would do that. And then finally, if there's anybody in here that just needs to go and pray with somebody in the next few minutes, one of our prayer team members, or maybe they just need to come up and they just want to come up and drive a stake in the altar, a declaration of the decision that they made today, not to be bound by the difficulty of somebody else's bad decision or the guilt of their own. Lord, today I pray would be the day that they are delivered in Jesus' name. They not only sense and hear about your freedom, but they have a sensation and a knowledge, an increase of the faith that they know that it has been settled. The debt no longer remains. Let them go. Let them come. Let them do what they need to do in this time. Let it happen in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.